0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Breanne Showman and I am joined today by Dr. Asha Prasad. Dr. Asha and I had a great conversation around healing, focusing specifically on the mental, emotional, and spiritual side of healing. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Dr. Asha, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing great. Thank you. I'm excited to have this discussion with you. You have um, a pretty cool journey as far as kind of where you've come along with your practice Mm -hmm. and everything, um, which I'm excited to dive into all of that. But before we do that, or maybe a good lead into that, who are you?
1: Who am I? That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I'm Dr. Asha Prasad. I uh, have been a practitioner Um, a doctor of chiropractic is, uh, what I studied and I've been a practitioner for over 20 years now. And, um, yeah, I'm actually, we're, this is so great because we're connecting from totally different areas of the world, which I think is really awesome. I love that being able to share from across the globe, um, uh, my journey has taken me, uh, you know, in some very uh, big adventures. Even moving, you know, moving continents and starting to practice practices here, and and getting into online coaching and mentoring and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about who I am. Awesome.
0: Now, being a obviously most chiropractors do a lot of stuff hands on, but you have transitioned mm-hmm. to some online work. What sort of things are you doing with your online work um, with your clients?
1: Well, um, some of the things that I've been doing and actually, and you know, it's been interesting because it's kind of evolved to where I am doing some of this in the practice as well, but really addressing uh, the, the mental, emotional, and spiritual, like, parts of our health and well-being. Because what I was finding over the years is that even though people were presenting with a lot of physical ailments and physical pains and injuries and everything, there was always, always an emotional mental aspect to it. I mean, just like a hundred percent all the time, there's always something going on there. And so I found that you could get better results, quicker results, long lasting results with patient care by incorporating that. So About six years ago, I decided to transition a little bit more online, and a lot of the things that I work with with people um, is about mindset, about meditation, visualization, um, a variety of different techniques to really help them be able to balance, you know, all of them, so that way they're operating on high cylinders on all levels.
0: Yeah, yeah. Such an important aspect, I think, is you know how many of our physicians fellow physical therapists, fellow chiropractors, Mm -hmm. just address the like, all right, come in, let me fix whatever problem I see. Let me give you a pill. Let me do this and the other. We don't get much time anymore to have a conversation or I I shouldn't say we don't get. A lot of (laughs) clinicians don't take the time to have those conversations with people because yes, that physical side is part of it, but so is everything else that's going on with their life that could be contributing to what's still going on with them.
1: I agree with you because the thing about that is what I found like in my journey of being a practitioner and I practiced in the States before where I'm, I'm working right now, I'm in, uh, in Europe, in the Netherlands, and I did practice in the States before and how I practice here is so different because I started because of my own journey, actually, I think because of, there were so many changes that I was going through that I was addressing in a very different way in my own life that I started to realize, I thought, wait a second, you know, I'm doing these things and it's helping me why would I not want to pass that on to other people and I started listening in a different way to patients and taking the time really making that time to really connect with okay what is really happening here sure you have back pain you have neck pain you have headache okay fine but what else is going on you know who is this person like what what's really going on behind that and um I think sometimes it may be a question of maybe um you know, like you you said, like maybe not making the time, but also there's a certain vulnerability that you have to be willing to kind of <laughs> go into, I think, right? Like it's it's um, yeah, it's one of those things that maybe um some people are not wanting to do, maybe. And there could be a lot of truth to that as well. Yeah. Do you find that with
0: a lot of people, like they just if they just have someone to vent to about mm-hmm. like all these frustrations because they're spouse significant other friends are tired of hearing them talk about it all the time <laughs> that if they just have someone to vent to that you know can
1: resolve a lot of issues or is there a lot of other like a lot of stuff they have to work through I mean I think it really depends I I definitely think like you know venting and having somebody to talk to and be able to just kind of get it out like in that raw form because sometimes we have to filter so much we have to like edit what we're saying to our loved ones a lot of times because we don't want to hurt feelings. And whenever you're talking to a, you know, a perfect stranger or your clinician or whatever it is, you can kind of be a little bit more raw about how you really feel. I think that that does relieve some things, but I think that if they don't address it in the sense of maybe it's their mindset, for example, maybe they are um, just a really like predominantly a negative thinker, for example, it's just going to keep on coming back. So just venting, I have found just doesn't, doesn't do it completely, you know, because then they'll just, every time it comes up, they just feel like they need to vent and not really changing anything. So I think, yeah, it kind of depends. Do they really want to change that or not? That's also something that I have Mm -hmm. found.
0: Yeah. Something else that's coming to mind as you talk is we've, I mean, you may be one of them. I know I I dealt with it in the past, Mm -hmm. but we've all talked to those people who it's like, they've had that first opinion, second opinion, third opinion, all the opinions, and they've gotten blown off by all these people are told nothing's wrong or told there's mm-hmm. nothing that can be done. And I, you know, in my opinion, that can contribute to that whole, like, yeah. well, negative mindset, there's nothing I can do about this. And, and I think that can be a hard thing to break through um, as they're continuing
1: on through this injury process. I think so too. And I think that it's about you know, how you approach them. And, you know, it's it's really interesting because most of the time those people that have come in that have had like multiple opinions and they've are already started believing what all those opinions have been, you know, so you have to kind of speak to them in a different language. And for them, it can really sound like a different language initially, because you're speaking from a, a place of possibility and a place of solution rather than problem, you know? So does that make sense? It's like, mm-hmm. it's it's just a very subtle way that you can approach something, you know, for example, if somebody comes in and says, oh, well, it's just because I'm getting older. It's just because I have this. Well, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. You have your age. That's fine. But age is just a number. And let's just see what you can do. Let's try to shift the focus. Because I think a lot of times when they go to those other practitioners or clinicians where they've gotten like, hey, you have to live, learn to live with it kind of thing, kind mm-hmm. of diagnosis. It's it's devastating because it's like, whoa, wait a second. I don't have anything in my control over how I feel. And that's not entirely true.
0: So how do you go or how do you start the process of maybe breaking down those barriers and start getting that mindset shift? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when these people have been told things for maybe five, 10 years, it can be mm-hmm. hard to be like, yes. oh, all these people are telling me this. And now you're telling me this and I'm supposed exactly. to leave you. <laughs>
1: Exactly. They're like, okay, who are you? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing here? You know, I think the biggest thing is meeting them where they are meeting your patients exactly where they are. And what I mean by that is talking to them, asking them, you know, what are the things that you miss doing? Like, what are the things that what do you enjoy about your life? And what are the things that you wish that you could do? So like it could be, for example, like if, if somebody has, you know, um, grandchildren that are very young, that they just want to be able to play with them. They want to be able to be able to bend down, to get on the floor, to play with them or whatever it is, you know, really connecting with them as a human being about what is it that they feel like they're missing out on or that they can't do anymore or that they because you have to get and this can be quite emotional. I will say this. I mean, sometimes some of the people have never been asked that. They've never been asked how they feel mm-hmm. and how we feel is so vitally important to what we create in our life, period. I mean, that, you know, whether it's physical, whether it's with our health or well or with anything, that's usually my approach to begin with is, I mean, of course, I, I, I never really say anything about, you know, maybe the other opinions that they've gotten. I never even said, you know, that's not true. I never do that because I respect each and every professional has their opinion and we're, you know, trying to treat and help people from the level of awareness and consciousness that we have. That's the only what. That's the only w- way we can do it, actually. Mm-hmm. So I think approaching and asking the patient really how they're feeling. What is it? What is it that they, where is their biggest pain? And I mean, you know, not just physical pain, but where is their biggest pain emotionally? Um, and they may or may not know it, but nine times out of 10, I have to say people know. We know, we know where our pain is, you know? Yeah. And I think, well, actually, let me ask you this.
0: When you ask that question to people, do you have to Mm -hmm. kind of cue them
1: in that way? As far as I'm not talking physical pain, I'm talking whatever else. Yes. Sometimes I do. And a lot of times, because, you know, the word stress is like a big buzzword that people can relate to. The minute you say, are you stressed out? Oh, yes, I've got a lot of stress. Okay, well, let's, you know, that's such a broad, (laughs) broad statement when they say that. So then I try to cue them in to kind of say, okay, well, you know, what is your work like? Okay, let's talk about your work. You know, is it physical stress? Is it mental? Do you have to, are you a manager? Or do you have to like, um, you know, take 10 different phone calls at the same time, whatever it is, and cue them into that. Because sometimes, they realize that they're stre- or they feel stressed out but they don't know what it is and when you start you know kind of cueing them in that way then they start to realize like hey wait a second yeah actually this really bothers me this really stresses me out and it gives them that opening to um to to be able to talk about it okay yeah
0: do you find also that people like maybe in the moment can't come up with it, but maybe it's like yeah. a couple of days later, once this m- thought has been put into their head now yeah. that their, their mind's just kind of churning on it.
1: Yes, I do. And you know what I usually love to do is I love to tell them, you know, and I'll even have them write it down or maybe I've already written it down or give them a piece of paper with these questions on it. And I'll just say, you know what, don't worry. It's no pressure to come up with it right now. Take the next couple of days. Maybe it pops in your head whenever, you know, you're sitting at home drinking your cup of coffee and you're just like, oh yeah, that that really gets me. And I have them write it down. I also like to ask them also of any um, past traumas that they've had or big events that they've had in their life that, and it may be loss of a loved one, loss of a job, a move, uh, whatever it may be. And it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It can be a positive thing, but just to kind kind of frame kind of their life story, if you will, you know? So you can kind of see kind of like a pattern. Is this somebody that has dealt with a lot of grief, for example,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or a lot of loss? Um, Because that tends to present in certain uh, physical manifestations and physical uh, ailments and stuff. And it just gives you a little bit more in-depth information about the person.
0: I think something too there uh, or that goes along with that is a lot of people don't realize... All the stuff in our past that contributes to the stuff today, Mm -hmm. Um, the emotional and physical things, those past injuries, Mm -hmm. those past traumas, physical and emotional traumas, and all those things from 20, 30, 40 years ago, contribute to those injuries and things that we're having present day.
1: Absolutely. You know what? I mean, that's the thing. Our mind is so powerful. And what we... You know, we've got, of course, the conscious and subconscious part of our brain and our subconscious is just, it saves everything. It's like, you know, the hard drive of our brain. It's like got everything in it for better or worse. I know exactly. Even the things you really don't want to have in there, they're there. But I mean, it's one of those things that can get triggered. And that's why it's so important. I find whenever we're talking about like the way someone is thinking positive or negative or kind of growth or fixed, you know, that kind of thing Mm -hmm. is that. Looking at it that way will help you because if you're reliving an injury, for example, say you had an injury 10 years ago and you keep on reliving it, like say you had an injury whenever you were running, for example, and for whatever reason, every time you go run today, like, you know, 10 years later that you keep on reliving and triggering those old memories of that accident, it is going to physiologically impact you in a big way today from Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Because our brain doesn't know the difference between whenever we're reliving things, this is why you know even daydreaming, visualizing, you know these kinds of things is super important. Because what we create, the images that we create in our mind, and studies have shown this. I mean, when you recreate like a really happy moment in your life, blood pressure goes down, heart rate goes down, you know, certain hormones are released, and it's it's because our mind is so powerful. So I think that that's a really, that's a really big thing that even as clinicians, we have to really keep in mind that, hey, something could really be impacting this person from a long time ago.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about Venga CBD. I absolutely love CBD because of what it can do for the body with decreasing inflammation, increasing recovery, and enhancing sleep. Venga has an awesome product in the Ultra Gels to enhance recovery and also has their sleep product, which is amazing for both the recovery aspect because it has the CBD, but also the sleep aspect because it has a compound called CBN as well as melatonin. The other thing I absolutely love about Venga is it is made by athletes for athletes. So it is a highly tested product to ensure that it is high quality and is clean. I encourage you to go check out Venga CBD and test it out for yourself and see if you get the same benefits that I do. You can check out all of their great products by going to getyourfixpt.com/vengacbd. And if you use my code, GetYourFix, at checkout, you can save an extra 20%. You can also check out all of my partners at GetYourFixPT.com slash partners. And now let's get back to the conversation. So how do we start the process of breaking these patterns, mindsets, Mm -hmm. triggers, all of these things once we've got the list or figured out like what mm-hmm. it is that might be triggering us how do we start breaking these patterns down
1: yeah i mean i think it really it's going to depend on you know where somebody is in their journey if they've had any if they've done any work at all like as far as maybe learning meditation or even breathing exercises i love working with the breath because it is something that immediately engages the body as you know as well as the nervous system to be able to to stimulate relaxation. Cause I've seen, and you probably see this too in your practice as well. You see people that have been so, you know, wound up and stressed out for years that they don't even know what it feels like to just relax their shoulders down. Like they really don't even know it. It's like, Oh my God, you know, you really feel bad for them. You're like, no, you've got to feel this, you know, (laughs) kind of scary at first for some people. It's like, Whoa, wait a second. I've never felt this way. Or I haven't, I can't remember the last time I felt that way. So I think, you know, meeting somebody where they are finding out, first of all, what have they done to take care of themselves? What is, what is their self-care? You know, how are they taking care of themselves? Are they giving themselves the time, the recovery time? Um, Some, you know, do they have daily rituals, uh, you know, daily routine in the morning or in the evening? What are they really doing? And I think once you find those things out, then, you know, you can better guide them, on exactly what it is that they're going to need. And, and I mean, you know, honestly, one of the biggest things when we're talking about breath, I think it's probably one of the easiest entry points because everybody, we all do it. We all breathe. (laughs) It's just a matter (laughs) of learning consciously how to breathe. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, to put some focus on that. I think it's one of the easiest entry points to get somebody to start to break through some of these um, barriers that have been there for years.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I definitely agree. And I think, well, I definitely agree with that for a number of reasons when it comes to breath. One of the big ones is we, so many of us just without realizing it are just that shallow stress breathing. Like we don't really know how to take a deep breath. When talking breath work, I know there's a multitude of theories, (laughs) ways, whatever you want to call it. Is there any certain way of breathing that you tend to
1: coach people through or is it just, it's a, is it based on the situation? Well, I mean, I think, you know what it is basically starting out. One of the biggest things is getting somebody to learn how to belly breathe, to really breathe, you know, below their diaphragm. And that can be a challenge in itself. I have to say working with people, so many people over the years, and you probably know this too. It's really It's amazing how many people are used to that shallow breathing because they're always, you know, their system is always on all the time. They're like on fight or flight, like all the time on alert. And so I really like to start with that. And I usually will start with just, you know, having them put their hands on their belly and to feel what it's like to, to take the breath there. And I usually, you know, try to tell them in and out of their nose and it can be hard at first, but once you get them to feel it, the body takes over the body knows, It's like, ah, okay, this is what we're going to do to, you know, stimulate that relaxation. And that's the place that I love to start really for anybody. That's, that is appropriate for really anybody. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I agree. I think that's a big point because from there, there's a lot of, you can build on that, but I think that that understanding is, is the key.
1: Absolutely. Um
0: talk to us a little bit about the visualization side of things because I mm-hmm. think that's something that really stuck out when I had a conversation with you mm-hmm. prior that you do that we don't that I mean even me personally I haven't really considered as mm-hmm. doing with people. so how does visualization help with the
1: whole healing process when mm-hmm. we're when we're talking about those injuries so whenever you have an injury um there's obviously something like what we were just saying is saved in our subconscious right that that moment that time and everything and so basically in order to heal something we have to see it as whole and complete okay and there have been a lot of studies on this over the years about what that can do I, I know one of my mentors uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza he speaks about his own experience but I'm not too sure if you're familiar with him yeah. or not but yeah. He he speaks about this as well about his own personal journey of healing himself from a very bad um, cycle accident mm-hmm. that he had early on, and um. But what I have done in in the practice and and it's really interesting because I've seen athletes, I've seen patients that have been able to facilitate the healing because what happens is is that basically what's going on in your mind. So like say for example, you're a basketball player, okay. And a lot of athletes do this. They actually visualize before a game, you know, making that three point shot. They visualize it. They can visualize it and they do exercise it with that. Now, imagine, you know, that you've just had an injury. You've injured your knee. You're not able to even stand, much less run or get back on the court. The best thing to do at that point is to start visualizing, taking the time every day to visualize yourself playing that game, getting that, you know, Visualizing that you are actually on your feet, that you are actually utilizing the muscles, because what happens is, is that the brain, subconscious part of the brain, and of course the reticular uh, activating system is also involved in this. That's the part that's like that connects, like the it's above the brainstem. It connects the um, cerebral cortex in the brain. It regulates the focus. So what we focus on is exactly what we create. So if I'm focusing on actually getting up and running and you know jumping again on the court there are actually uh, circuits that are being triggered, the neurons and everything, the nerve activity, they've measured this on the muscles, are actually stimulated. Even if somebody doesn't have any feeling there at the moment, it triggers, the body responds to those thoughts because the brain does not know, the body doesn't know the difference of what is happening right now versus what happened an hour ago or two hours ago. So that is why visualization creating exactly what it is creating that healing capacity as deep as you can go will help speed up your process and i have seen this over and over again in in my practices it's it's really phenomenal i have to say um because it does that this this shows us how powerful our mind is you know how powerful our mind and how we feel really does impact our healing capacity
0: So is there, when it comes to the whole recovery process and healing, Mm -hmm. is there a certain, like, is it something that we should start doing, say right away once we're injured? Is it something that's Mm -hmm. like, once we're a little ways into the process, when is it most beneficial to,
1: to start Well, one of the things I would say is that it would be fantastic if you were already doing uh, visualization before, even before an activity. So like, say, for example, you're running a marathon, visualizing yourself running that marathon, even a couple of weeks beforehand, visualizing just like everything about every sensation that you can get in touch with, because what you're doing is you're creating an experience that I know physically has not occurred yet. However this will help you actually have that experience. Okay. Have that experience that you're creating. So that would be the first thing, but say you, you don't do that and you just got injured. I would say as soon as possible, really start the visualization process, because what that is going to do, first of all, visualization is going to help you also in reducing pain it has been, it has been documented and, and and they're really studying this a lot more, which I think is very fascinating. It's like, it's going to help you reduce pain, help you reduce the anxiety. um, So that usually, you know, go hand in hand, of course, with an injury. So I would say as soon as you can start it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now I'm curious, are there certain types of personalities, they think really think like that type A person who. Don't have as much success with visualization, or, and I guess I'm just kind of thinking like, Mm -hmm. do some people have difficulty getting into the right state of mind
1: to make it successful? Sometimes there are. I mean, you know, it's not. It's it's really as far as someone wants to go. Of course, that also has to do with whatever their belief system is, what their self limiting beliefs. If they believe that they're never going to walk again or run again, for example. Um you know, it's, it's, they're kind of, they're kind of just reinforcing that every time. So there are some people that it may not work as well, and it may be harder. It may take longer, but I will say even with those people, cause I've had quite a few of them in the practice the practices over the years, and even with them, it, they do benefit from it. Again, it may take longer and it may take some more work for you as a clinician to really work with them in, in a very different way and really break it down into very small baby, baby, baby steps. Um, but I think it can benefit everybody, but it may just take a little bit longer.
0: Are there ways that we can help that process along, especially if we we're one of those people that it it's going to take longer just because the way our brains right. work or whatever, um, is there ways like through meditation or different like mm-hmm. brain waves, things like that, that we can
1: kind of facilitate the process? Definitely. I think you know, a lot of times people that are in that state they have not really accessed that, um, that relaxation point, like they they want to be in control all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best ways is through meditation, is um, also through brainwave, you know, music listening to music, getting in that state of just like kind of letting it go and kind of letting the stress melt away, I think will really help them in a big way. And those things seem a little bit less scary for them, actually. You know, a guided meditation is so much easier for someone that, and and you can you can do that. You can personalize if you feel comfortable doing recording a guided meditation for that particular patient, if you feel inclined to do that, of course, or if you have certain um, uh, injuries that usually come in, maybe you, you know, you can record something for them that is very easy, very short for them to listen to that can help them because once they're given that kind of, you kind of open up the gateway most of the time, you know, people will start taking the ball and kind of running with it at that point.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Anything you obviously know what you do better than I do anything we haven't talked about today that you feel would be really beneficial when it comes to this whole healing process and thinking like whole body.
1: I would say the biggest thing is that, um, you know, when it comes to healing, our, our bodies are amazing, right? We, it it really, the, the healing capacity of the body is, is incredible. And, um, one thing I would just, you know, really, really like to 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 kind of say is that don't underestimate how much the mental and emotional aspect of ourselves and that well-being, don't neglect that part. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if there's one thing, you know, through this whole uh, pandemic and with COVID and everything that people really got to see, we got confronted with a lot of things on a mental and emotional level, Uh, you know, just because of like working, not being able to work or being, you know, in lockdowns and different countries dealt with it differently. But um, you can see how much that has an impact on your life. And whenever you are, whatever you're suffering with or whatever injury or whatever's going on, you do have the capability to enhance your healing capacity. And don't underestimate that. That, that, that I think is really important because I think a lot of times people just kind of put the responsibility outside of themselves, not realizing that they have it within them to kind of stimulate some of this as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think you said that perfectly. And just because it, we all have to take ownership of our issues. Someone else isn't going okay. to like, okay, they can give you a magic pill, quote unquote, magic pill to right. cover up the symptoms, but it's not going to fix the problem. We definitely need to take ownership of that. Um, exactly. So yeah. Awesome. Dr. Asha, this has been a great conversation. I think it's super helpful for people. If someone has more questions for you mm-hmm. or maybe wants to work with you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, they can go to Dr. And they can find me on social media as well at Dr. Asha or at the Prasad method. And I'd love to connect with anybody. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation with you today.
0: Yeah, you're quite welcome. Thanks again for coming on. It was great talking Thanks. with you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the race prep masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at getyourfixpt.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.